Hello and welcome. This is Colleen O'Grady, the host of the Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. This is a gathering place for moms to be encouraged, nurtured, and inspired. Also, you'll learn the latest in teen research and trends and get practical parenting tips. You really can improve your relationship with your teen and enjoy the teenage years. Welcome back, everybody, to the 98th episode of Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. I'm Colleen O'Grady, the host of the show. This episode is the last in a three-part series helping you successfully launch into 2021. The first episode focused on what are you tolerating? The second was what do you want? And now we're going to discuss how to move forward. Last year, 2020, started off as the year of vision. Remember that? And I know I had high hopes last January. I remember gathering with several of my friends, making my vision board for 2020. Needless to say, I didn't have a global pandemic, political social unrest, fires and hurricanes on my vision board. So we've been counting the days till the ball dropped in Times Square, and we could say, good riddance, 2020. And this childlike holiday hope couldn't wait to step foot into 2021. And, yowza, this first week of 2021 kind of felt like 2020, right? With the breaching of the White House, and we're still bombarded with bad news about the highest death rates ever with COVID, and many states and countries are in serious lockdown. And all the moms I've talked to are weary about school, be it hybrid, online, in-person. It's just not the same. And so far, 2021 is still hard on our teens. Even if they go to school, they don't get to see their best friends, or they're separated by plexiglass. I know a lot of teen girls are feeling insecure about their friend groups and best friends because they're not in close physical proximity with them. And many of the families who hope to escape the bad news over the holidays came home from their vacations with COVID. The purpose of this podcast is to not depress you, but to help you become more aware that this is the culture we are swimming in. And just like so many people drop their New Year's resolutions at the end of January, I don't want your New Year's resolutions turn into next year's resignations. I want to focus on how you and your family can move forward even in the midst of a global pandemic and the barrage of bad news. Feeling like we're moving forward or making progress is so important to our mental health. You probably see that really clearly with your teen. You want to see that your teen's moving forward with their emotional maturity, friendships, classes, and grades, that they're learning and developing their gifts. When my daughter was 15, I was a dorm mom for a summer dance intensive at Point Park University in Pittsburgh. I had so much fun peering into my daughter's dance world. One of my responsibilities was taking role for classes. I would love watching these teens run and leap and jump and try these grand chates across the floor, and it would be messy, and they would fall, but then they would get it. They nailed it. They were ecstatic. 
they lit up. They had broken their own limit. They had accomplished something they didn't think was possible for them. And then I would later watch them in the cafeteria at the end of the day. They were just laughing and joking. They knew they were moving forward. It was all over their face. Moving forward is really good for our self-esteem and for our emotional vibrancy. A lot of time we think that we are moving forward if our teens are moving forward. And the opposite is true. We feel like if our teens are not moving forward, then we feel stagnant too. It's important for our teens to move forward, and it's important that we, as moms, as human beings, see that we are moving forward too. Because just like it's good for our teens' vibrancy and emotional health, it's good for our vibrancy and emotional health to see that we are moving forward. I want to make a big distinction here. Moving forward is very different from perfectionism. It's not the same thing at all. Perfectionism really feels like being judged from outside of yourself. Like you keep trying to hit this mark, but because the standards are unreachable, you always feel like you are falling short. Thus, we could be moving forward in one area, but because we feel we aren't making enough progress in other areas, we can enjoy when we really are moving forward. Perfectionism shines a ginormous spotlight on where you fall short and therefore focuses your attention on where you are missing the mark and therefore minimizing your progress. I remember the first day that I met my client, Renee. She was on lots of psychotropic medications. She hadn't combed her hair. She didn't have any makeup on and she was obese. And she had so much shame about her weight. Her weight was causing her many problems. With her head hung down, she said that she couldn't reach her private parts when she washed herself taking a shower. It was hard for her to walk. You know, looking at her, it was obvious that she was depressed. I asked her, how could I help her? And I was very surprised that she had a very clear goal. She told me, I want to be able to go on a vacation with my husband this summer. At this point, she couldn't go because her weight made it difficult to walk and to fly on an airplane. This woman had so much shame about her weight and her life, and I had to be very careful to not overwhelm her. I asked Renee if she exercised, and she said no. But then she told me that she had a treadmill in her house, and I asked her if she ever used it, and she said no. And I asked her if she could commit to getting on the treadmill one minute a day. And to my surprise, she said that she would commit to doing that. I was giving her a very specific concrete goal, which was actually a process goal aimed at giving her the practical steps that would help her achieve her result of going on a vacation with her husband. I was so happy that she committed to this goal, this doable, specific goal because I knew it would make her feel successful. And then I told her that we could check in the following week. I've been in practice a long time and a lot of people will say, yeah, I will commit to doing that and they don't. So I kind of wondered, would she really do it? And I knew it would be hard to push past that depression and actually get on the treadmill. Yet I was still hopeful. 
Often my role with clients is to hold hope for them until they can find hope for themselves. A week later, Renee came back. She smiled at me when she walked into my office. Before I could say anything, she told me, I did it. I walked on the treadmill one minute a day. She was smiling from ear to ear. At the end of that session, I asked her if she could add one more minute every day for the next week. Again, I hoped that she would follow through, but I knew that would be really hard for her. Well, And the next week she showed up, and she looked different. She'd brushed her hair, she put on some makeup, she put on a nice outfit, and she smiled and said, I did it. That morning she had done seven minutes on the treadmill. Now think about this. Renee was so happy the first week because for one minute a day, she saw that she was moving forward. There are 1,440 minutes in a day, but one of those minutes, she did what she said she was going to do, and that one minute changed her whole attitude and gave her hope and motivated her to do more. So by the time she had finished the second week, she was on the treadmill seven minutes a day. Her committing to her process goal changed Renee's life. She kept adding minutes until she got up to 20 minutes a day, and this optimism started spilling over to other areas of her life. She started going back to church and didn't worry about people making fun of her for being fat. She started caring how she looked. She reconnected with her estranged son. She got off several of her medications. Seven months later, she went on a vacation with her husband and went to the San Juan Islands. And the following year, she went to Austria and went into these old castles that had a kajillion steps, and she was able to keep up with her husband. So I hope you can see from Renee's story how important it is for you to see that you're moving forward. Here's the deal. Moving forward is not about comparing yourself to anyone else. You are comparing yourself to your own self. You're keeping a promise to you. It's seeing that you have improved or progressed or moved forward. And when you see that you are making progress, Well, it makes you feel amazing. Now, if perfectionism was at play here, Renee would have still been depressed. She still would have been considered obese by the world's standards, even though she did lose 25 pounds. But she would have never been on one of those weight loss advertisement before and after pictures. And if perfectionism was at play, Renee would have never been able to climb out of shame and gotten on that treadmill. But when you move forward, even if it's as little as one minute a day, bask in it because success is what motivates us, tells us that we can do it. Definitely shame never motivates. It actually stops us, makes us freeze up and procrastinate. Now, if you're going to move forward, you have to know what you want. Like Renee, she wanted to go on a vacation with her husband. Building on last week, we want to take what you want and help you move forward. And there are three tools to help you move forward to unleash that power of goal setting, creating affirmations, and using visualizations. 
You move forward by identifying what you want and then turning that into clear, measurable, and specific goals. The key aspect of goal setting is how much by when. High achievers set goals. Consider this, why people do not set goals. One, they were never modeled how to set goals by their parents or teachers. Two, it was never taught in schools. Three, they were possibly discouraged or teased when they set them. Four, they were never given instructions on how to set goals. Five, fear of rejection. Six, fear of failure. And so, what makes a goal a reality? One, it is specific and measurable. Two, it's believable to you. Three, it is communicated to others. Four, it has a time limit. Five, external and internal roadblocks are accepted as a natural part of the journey and are dealt with positively. There are two types of goals, process goals and results goals. Renee's process goal, starting out, was getting on the treadmill for one minute a day. Results goals is the end result, which was going on the vacation with her husband in June in the San Juan Islands. Again, a results goal is what you want to achieve, and a process goal is what you will do to get to your results. What you want to do is to set measurable goals. You want to write down your goal in a way that is measurable so that if someone outside were observing, they would know that you had accomplished the goal. A goal is short, specific, and measurable and has a time limit or date by when. I would like to own a nice home on the ocean someday. That's a desire but it has not yet been stated as a goal, which includes how much and by when. Here is the same statement stated as a goal. I will own a 2,000 square foot house in Santa Barbara, California by noon, April 30th, 2021. So let me share a quick idea with you that can help you build momentum in achieving results beyond what you may initially think is possible. It is called MTO, Minimum Target Outrageous. Whenever you set a goal, set a minimum goal, but also keep in mind a target and outrageous goal, such as minimum goal, get on the treadmill one minute a day, target goal, I will get on the treadmill 20 minutes a day, an outrageous goal, I will run my first 10K by April 30th, 2021. An outrageous goal is something that would just blow your mind if you achieved it. Something that feels like, well, I could never do something like that. The idea is that you are almost guaranteed to reach your minimum. Your minimum gets results and you no longer feel like you can't do it. Your target is within your capabilities. And then you have your outrageous goal. You see, what happens is that most people will start with the minimum and then they get motivated and strive for the target and outrageous. This system helps you build momentum. So have you ever had that experience where you say, I'm just going to clean up the kitchen for a little bit. And the next thing you know, you've cleaned the entire kitchen, even waxed the floor. It was just a matter of getting started. 
So in last week's episode, I asked what you wanted in seven different areas. The areas were business, job, career, and that can include the mom job, two, financial, three, relationships, four, health and fitness, five, fun time and recreation, six, personal, seven, contribution and legacy. I'd like you to take the next 10 minutes and write down at least three goals. I'd like you to create one personal goal and one relational goal and one health and fitness. This can be a process goal or a results goal. And you can pause the podcast and write them down. So after listening to this podcast, I encourage you to take 30 minutes and go back to this and create at least one goal in each of the seven areas. Again, they are one, business, job and career, which can include the mom job, two, financial, three, relationships, four, health and fitness, five, fun time and recreation, six, personal, seven, contribution and legacy. Okay, let's talk about another tool, and that's affirmations. Have you ever been driving your car and suddenly realized that you had left the emergency brake on? Did you push down harder on the gas to overcome the drag of the brake? No, of course not. You simply release the brake, and with no extra effort, you started to go faster. Most people drive through life with their psychological emergency break on. They hold on to negative images about themselves or suffer the effects of powerful experience they haven't yet released. They stay in a comfort zone entirely of their own making. They maintain inaccurate beliefs about reality or harbor guilt and self-doubt. And when they try to achieve their goals, these negative images and pre-programmed comfort zones tend to cancel out their good intentions, no matter how hard they try. Successful people, on the other hand, have discovered that instead of using increased willpower as the engine to power their success, it's simply easier to release the brakes by letting go of and replacing their limiting beliefs and changing their self-images. To help you release the brakes and let go of limiting beliefs, I'd like to teach you about affirmations, including how to write and review your affirmations daily as a useful success habit you can use to release the brakes. Affirmations are positive statements which affirm or declare your desired goal as if it were already achieved. The dissonance produced by the statement can create the internal motivation required to achieve the goal. The power of the affirmation increases when it's linked to a visual image of the desired outcome. The beliefs, expectations, and thought patterns you currently hold can determine your self-esteem, how you perceive your reality, and how willing you are to participate in creating a life you dream of. For example, if you believe you are awkward and cannot learn to ski, that is what you will create if you attempt to ski. This is because you may be controlled by your beliefs. The good news is you can learn to override your self-defeating beliefs 
through the use of affirmations and positive visual imagery. If you continually practice these techniques, you will not only transform your internal experience of yourself, you will also gradually modify your daily behavior to match your new beliefs. In wisdom literature, there's a verse that says, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Or, you can say it this way, of course, As a woman thinks in her heart, so is she. Part of your daily discipline to get you from where you are to where you want to be is to create affirmations for your goals. An affirmation is on target when it's easy to say and makes you smile with excitement. Sometimes the excitement may be accompanied by mild discomfort, and this discomfort is good because it usually means the affirmation is beginning to motivate you towards new, more self-nurturing and self-expressive actions. An easy way to create an affirmation is to start with, I am so happy and grateful that I am now. So again, you can start an affirmation with, I am so happy and grateful that I am now, dot, dot, dot. Renee's affirmation was, I'm so happy and grateful that I am now enjoying the San Juan Islands with my husband. Okay, here's some practical tips around affirmations. One, you want to repeat your affirmations at least two times per day. And the best times are first thing in the morning and then around bedtime. Two, it's better to work consistently and in depth with a few affirmations than to occasionally repeat a lot of them. Three, if you're in a private place, read the affirmation out loud. If not, read it silently to yourself. Four, close your eyes and visualize yourself experiencing what the affirmation describes. See the scene as you would see it if you're looking out at it through your eyes, as if it were happening around you. Five, hear any sounds you might hear when you successfully achieve what your affirmation describes. Include other important people in your life congratulating you and telling you how pleased they are with your success. Six, feel the feelings that you'll feel when you achieve this success. The stronger the feelings, the more powerful the process becomes. If you have difficulty creating the feelings, you can affirm, I am enjoying creating powerful feelings in my effective work with affirmations. Seven, say your affirmation again, and then repeat this process with the next affirmation. You can make an affirmation for each of your goals and place them on a 3 by 5 index card. Go through the set saying them and visualizing them twice a day. You could also print these on a piece of paper and laminate it. You can post 3 by 5 cards around your house with your affirmations written on them. You can post pictures of the things that you want around your house or room. You can add an image of yourself to the picture. You can repeat your affirmations during wasted time, such as waiting in line, exercising, and driving. You can repeat them silently or out loud. Audio record your affirmations and listen to them while you work, drive, or fall asleep. Let me give you an example of how I experienced this in my life and how I was able to move forward by releasing the brakes and using goals, affirmations, and visualizations to move forward. 
I knew after HarperCollins had published my book, Dial Down the Drama, that I wanted to give a TEDx talk. I had a very strong desire to do that, which I call a God thing. But I definitely experienced the one foot on the accelerator and one foot on the brakes. It was like I was driving down the highway, wanting to do a TEDx talk, which was the accelerator, but then my foot was on the brakes. I thought, I have no idea where I would give a TEDx talk. I don't know if I can do it. Who am I to do it? What if I make a complete idiot of myself? But then I heard Jack Canfield speak about the power of goal setting, affirmations, and visualizations when I was attending a Quantum Leap meeting. I had joined Quantum Leap to help support me as I launched my book. I set a goal that by next summer I will give a TEDx talk. I knew the content would be on my book, Dial Down the Drama. So after the Quantum Leap meeting, I made sure that I had a session with one of my coaches from Quantum Leap, Jeffrey Berwind, who is an amazing speaker coach and is especially amazing at helping you craft your stories. He told me that he could coach me and prepare me for giving a TEDx talk. I was excited because I knew he was the perfect person. We had really good connection, but I still had no idea where I would give my TEDx talk and if they would accept me. At my next Quantum Leap meeting, there was probably about a hundred of us mingling at a cocktail hour. A man came up to me and said, Jeffrey told me you were an amazing speaker. He then introduced himself to me and said, I'm Ajit George. And then he asked me, tell me what you do. I was struck at how present he was and how curious he was, like he really wanted to know who I was and what I was doing. And after I told him, I asked him, well, tell me about yourself. He said, I host TEDx Wilmington. And then he asked me, have you ever thought about giving a TEDx talk? You really should apply. Oh my gosh, my mouth dropped. He just invited me to give a TEDx talk. And then he said, have lunch with my wife and I, and I'll coach you how to fill out the application. Oh my gosh, again, my jaw dropped. Why was he being so helpful? So during lunch, he gave me amazing tips, and that allowed me to fill out the application. And I saw that his next TEDx event was the following August, which was exactly in my goal. That's what I had wanted. I sent the application in, and I was so excited that I got accepted. And then Jeffrey and I began to work. So I had my goal that I will speak at a TEDx event by the summer of 2017. My affirmation was, I am so happy and grateful that I'm sharing Dial Down the Drama authentically on the red carpet of TEDx Wilmington. And I don't think I've ever worked harder than I did on that talk because I was so scared to put myself out there in such a big way. When I had listened to Jack Canfield talk about visualizations, he said to create a little movie in your head. And it takes a while to create it, but after you create it once, you can come back to that little movie over and over again. And my little movie about TEDx was maybe 10 seconds long. Because I was so scared to speak, my movie was that when I got on the red carpet, I was completely relaxed and calm that I was able to share my ideas and stories from my heart and really give my talk. 
I flew up to Wilmington, Delaware. There were probably about 30 speakers, and it was an all-day event on everything you can think of. Valerie Biden, Joe Biden's sister, gave her TEDx talk and closed out the event. And I was second, which I was glad. And I don't think I've ever been more scared. And when one of my friends said, you're on, and literally pushed me on the stage, it felt like I was belaying off a mountain with no rope. And then the craziest thing happened. When I stepped onto the red carpet, I immediately went from 10 panicked to a one calm in a second. It was like my visualization just kicked in. I had rehearsed that little movie in my head so many times, but instead of it just being in my mind, I really am on the stage of TEDx in this big theater being live streamed around the world. I couldn't believe I was so calm and was able to share my heart and generally felt like I connected with the audience. At one point, I knew I had everyone's attention. It was dead quiet and no one is on their phone. I felt like I deeply connected with my audience and I was completely myself. When I walked off the stage, I felt joy like I had never known before. I felt like I could have run 20 miles. And today, there's been close to 150,000 people who have watched my TEDx talk. Moms, I want to encourage you. If you want to lose 12 pounds or give a 12-minute TEDx talk and anything in between, think about how you want to move forward this year, starting with what do you want? Then set a goal, create an affirmation and a visualization. If you're quarantined in your home right now, lock the door for an hour and spend time on this. Let's all move forward in 2021. And when you move forward, you're modeling to your teen how to move forward. This concludes this week's episode of Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. If this podcast has been helpful, I would absolutely love it if you could go to Apple Podcasts and give Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast a five-star review. This makes it easier for other moms like you to find the support and encouragement they need. Also, my best-selling and award-winning book, Dial Down the Drama, Reducing Conflict, Reconnecting with Your Teenage Daughter, A Guide for Mothers Everywhere, You can find that and order it online at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. And you can always find other great resources and contact me at ColleenOGrady.com, two L's and two E's. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.